Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As I'm sure you can understand, I consider the 10 people on this list insane. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 actors who turned down Star Trek. Number 10, Michelle Forbes, Rolaren. If you are looking at this and going, has this guy ever watched Star Trek? Fair, Michelle Forbes turned down the chance to play Rolaren as a main character in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. She'd originated the role in the episode Ensign Row of the Next Generation and went on to appear again in episodes like Disaster, Rascals, and of course, Preemptive Strike. The role that would become Major Kira was then written with Ro Laren in mind, but Forbes wasn't ready at that point to commit to an ongoing series. Now her fate is left open-ended. She leaves in Preemptive Strike to go and join the Maquis, but we never see a body. So, you never know. Fingers crossed, stranger things have happened. Number nine, Kim Cattrall, Savick, and Major Kira. When Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country was in pre-production, originally the role that would become Valerius was Savick. Robin Curtis wasn't available to reprise the role and Kirstie Alley wasn't going to either, so Kim Cattrall was approached, but she didn't want to be the third actor to play the same part. Gene Roddenberry also didn't want Savick to become a villain, so the character was rewritten to become Valerius. Now, a couple of years later, when DS9 was in pre-production, Kim Cattrall was again approached, this time to play Major Kira. Now, for pretty much the same reason as Michelle Forbes, she turned down the chance to appear as a main character in DS9 to focus on her film career. Now, while the film career has been... Hmm, yeah, that little HBO show she did, that, that did okay. Number eight, Frank Sinatra Jr., Vic Fontaine. DS9 took chances when it was on, and with one of those things it did was it introduced the character of Vic Fontaine. Here we had a 60s Las Vegas lounge singer in a show that was set off in the wild of the frontier with a war going on around it. Basically, I loved Vic Fontaine. James Darren is brilliant in the role. He brings that kind of cool to the scenes that you just, you kind of can't buy. Like, he's just naturally great. So it's a little bit surprising then when I found out that it was actually written for Frank Sinatra Jr. Now he wanted to be on the show, but he only wanted to play an alien. And the character had to be human by the very definition of 1960s Las Vegas lounge singer. So unfortunately, Frank Sinatra Jr. turned it down. Fortunately, James Darren came in. So, it's a kind of a, eh, it worked out okay in the end. Number seven, Jeffrey Hunter, Captain Pike. 
Now, anyone who's seen me talk about Jeffrey Hunter knows I love his performance as Captain Pike in the original pilot of The Cage. I would have loved to have seen a version of Star Trek where he was the main captain for the run of it. I love Kirk and I love Shatner as Kirk, but truth be told, we didn't get nearly enough Jeffrey Hunter. Now, when the first pilot was rejected and it was retooled into where no man has gone before, Hunter declined to return for this role. This was for a myriad of reasons, but you know, in a nutshell, effectively, he was persuaded that his film career was gonna do better than a TV career. Unfortunately, this story has a bit of a sad ending because he didn't return. He then went on to appear in several more movies and on the set of one of those movies, there was an accident where an explosion that was supposed to blow a window out and away from him, in fact, blew it in, causing an issue with his brain. Then the next year, he had a stroke, tripped, fell on some steps and died. It is, it is a sad story anyway. At least we have his performance in the cage to remember him by Jeffrey Hunter, gone far too soon. Number six, Genevieve Bouchot, Captain Janeway. When Star Trek Voyager was going into production, Genevieve Bouchot was cast as Elizabeth Janeway in Caretaker. Now, after two days of filming, she opted to leave. Now, she'd been sought out because she was an Academy Award nominated actress for her role as Anne Boleyn. Now, it was perhaps the rigors of the day-to-day -day television schedule of filming, which is why she was just not prepared to take on what Voyager would become. Now, of course, Kate Mulgrew was then cast. The character was rejigged to become Catherine Janeway. Years later, Mulgrew would sit down with William Shatner for his series, The Captains, and discuss the intensity of filming days for the entire run of Voyager. So, in a way, you can't blame Vujot because she didn't want to do 18-hour days, and that's kind of what Voyager remained for the rest of its run. She opted out, you know what, fair play to her. I'm delighted we got Kate Mulgrew, win-win. Number five, Benicio Del Toro, Khan. Long before Star Trek Into Darkness ever hit the cinemas, there was already a lot of talk about what was going on behind the scenes. Now, everyone knew Khan was going to be in the film. They went to so many silly lengths to say that, oh, no, 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 it's not Khan, definitely not Khan, absolutely not Khan. It's John Harrison. Anyway, very early on, everyone knew that Benicio Del Toro was up for a role. It didn't take a genius, okay? Ricardo Montalban had kind of set the template for Khan. Benicio Del Toro could have very easily stepped into that template. Now there's conflicting rumors as to why it didn't work out, money being one of those rumors, and eventually Benedict Cumberbatch would go on and take on the role. Now he delivers a fine performance as Khan, but no is the short answer to that. He is very, very good. And had he just played his own character of John Harrison, had he just been a rogue Starfleet officer, great, he would have been fantastic. But he had all of the weight of Space Seed and the Wrath of Khan behind him, which unfortunately just made the role, mm, didn't really work. Number four, Sean Connery, Cybok. Star Trek V The Final Frontier for its many, many, many flaws, did something brilliant. It introduced the character of Cybok. However you feel about Spock suddenly gaining a sibling that we knew nothing about, Lawrence Luckabill's performance as Cybok is truly a high point of this film. The character was originally written to be played by Sean Connery, 
and he couldn't take on the role because he had already committed to playing Indiana Jones' dad and considering how well that worked out for him, look, he made the right shout. And in a way, he's still in Star Trek V because the mythical planet of Shakari, Sean Connery, is named for him in tribute. It's kind of a nice way of honouring him. He couldn't take on the part, but it seems like there was no hard feelings on any side about it. Number three, Tom Hanks, Zephyr Cochran. Tom Hanks is an out and proud Trekkie and has been for years and years and years. When 1996's Star Trek First Contact was on the way, the role of Zephyrin Cochran was specifically written with Hanks in mind, who was interested in taking on the part. However, he had already committed to his first directorial debut of That Thing You Do. Now that is, it is of course a shame because Tom Hanks if nothing else, would have brought a star power to Star Trek that, for better or worse, has been a little bit lacking throughout its history. James Cromwell is brilliant in the role. I, I wouldn't change his performance for a second. Of course, I would love to see a version of the film that had Tom Hanks playing the part as well. It's fine. Just give me, give me a remake, but with Tom Hanks, but then we can just have both, right? Right? Number two. Martin Landau, Spock. Now, we go all the way back to the beginning, and when Spock's character was being created, Leonard Nimoy was not the first actor approached for the role. Martin Landau was approached. Now, he was fairly big at the time and would remain a successful actor for pretty much the rest of his life. He would be known, obviously, in the 90s for Ed Wood, but going back before that, he was a star of Mission Impossible and other such roles. He turned down the part of Spock because he saw the character to be very wooden and the emotionless state of being was, in his words, the antithesis of why he became an actor because there was nothing really nothing really to do with the part. Now, obviously, we have the hindsight, you know what I mean? He, he, he made his decision based on what he saw on the page, and fair enough. Nimoy went on to absolutely define this character, this giant of science fiction, and poor old Lando. Well, you could have been Spock, man, come on. He didn't know, he didn't know. Number one, Yafet Koto, Jean-Luc Picard. Now, of course, when anyone says Jean-Luc Picard, you can't not think of Patrick Stewart. He, he is Picard, Picard is Patrick Stewart, simple as. Now, when they were going through the casting process for Encounter at Farpoint, Patrick Stewart was far from Roddenberry's ideal actor for the part. In fact, out of the people who have been sought for the role, Yafet Kota was one of them. We all know he had appeared in 1979's Alien, so, you know, he could do sci-fi, there was no problem with that. He'd also turned up in James Bond as well. Sure, listen, the man knew what he was at. Potentially didn't have the foresight because he turned down the part of Picard, again, as a recurring theme on this list, as he wanted to concentrate on his film career. And look, fair enough. He did, however, state in later years that turning down the part of Captain Picard was one of the great regrets of his career. 